Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United. I'm your host Matthew and today we're talking about the last day of the Premier League, basically a bit of a roundup, and also talking about our 1-0 defeat away to Crystal Palace. A surprise? No, I don't I don't think so. Don't think it's a surprise. In good news, however, no league title for Liverpool. No league title for Liverpool. They cannot now well they can win three trophies. But they can't achieve the treble or the quadruple. Plus, the Champions League, FA Cup and Carabao Cup is not the treble. It's the Premier League, FA Cup and Champions League. And they can now not do it. Um, I'll tell you what, because I, I kind of admittedly had my ha- had like half a focus on this game. Because let's be honest, this Crystal Palace game, was it worth the full undivided attention? Not really. Um, such has been, unfortunately, a lot of our games this season. I'm very, very glad that this season's finally over from a Man United perspective. Um, we lost this game and still somehow achieved Europa League qualification because West Ham lost. Um, in terms of our own performance, like the, the, the Liverpool thing aside, yes, I know that City won the league, but I just don't like Liverpool at all. I dislike Liverpool more than Man City. So, uh, yeah, Liverpool not winning the league, brilliant. But my goodness me, those last 10 minutes, just sort of keeping my eye on the scores and trying to keep an eye on this game. And, oh, the emotions, the emotions. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, we can breathe for another year. Neither Man City or Liverpool will be getting the treble or the quadruple last year. Because at this point last year, Man City were in a similar position, weren't they? So... Ah, football. As as the great Sir Alex Ferguson once said, football, bloody hell. Or he said something like that anyway. So, um, in terms of this Man United performance, I'm not doing player ratings. There's, like, what am I going to do? Fives, sixes, sevens, ones, twos. Absolute shambles. Absolute disgrace of a performance. But to be expected, right? I mean, did any of us expect, expect the players to play well? Um, good to see, however, some of the young lads popping up. Obviously, Mabry getting his first start for Man United, which was very, very good. Um, just terrible. Really, really just awful. But uh, they, they cut the camera over to Ten Hag a number of times. Of course, he is now technically the Manchester United boss. And I will be watching. I think he's got a uh, press conference tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. I will definitely be watching that. Um, and uh, very, very intrigued as to what the hell he makes of what's going on. But you just look at Ten Hag in the in the stands, and you think, you know what? We, we all want what's best for this football club. He does. Um, the players sort of do, and us fans, we want what's best for this football club. He's got. He has got. Because I, I don't really follow like golf, boxing, all that type of stuff. But in terms of team-based sports, I think he's got the most difficult job in sport right now. In terms of, like, team-based games, obviously you've got individual ones like golf and tennis and boxing and those sorts of things. I think he's got the most difficult job in team-based sport right now. I mean, I don't really know what's going on with, like, rugby and basketball and those sorts of team games, but uh, he's got a hell of a job on his hands. And... You know, I'm rooting for him, wishing him the absolute best. But the look on his face, every single time they cut the camera over to him, it just he just sort of looked and thought, like, what have I got myself in for here? Um, there needs there's a lot of work that needs to be done, a lot of work. Now you can put some of today's performance down to did the players care? But the funny thing is, right, we lost the game, but we still <laughs> we still finished above the other team that we were in the race against, which was West Ham, right? Be- just because they lost. Um, so today was relying about what was about relying on other teams, you know, relying on Man City to get a win against um, Aston Villa almost didn't happen, and relying on I think it was Brighton that played. No, not Brighton. Was it Brighton? Who did West Ham play? Yeah, Brighton. Relying on Brighton to beat or draw against West Ham. And you have to look at that situation, right, and think Man United still the most successful club in England. 
at the moment. We're, we're clinging on. We're really clinging on to that. Because Liverpool were on the cusp of absolute greatness. Um, they still would have had to have beaten Real Madrid next week on Saturday. They still haven't done that yet. But it's very, very disappointing and very sad. Um, that we are literally looking at other... Like, the fact that we today... Now, I don't really mind because Liverpool didn't win the league. And that's the thing that matters to me. But I, as a Man United fan, should never, ever be looking at Man City and going, can you please win the Premier League? Now, don't get me wrong. When I saw the score notifications and Man City, you know, 2-1, 2-2, 3-2, I wasn't celebrating. It was more relief. So I wasn't like, Man City won the league, I'm so happy because I don't want I don't want Man City to win the league. I don't want Liverpool to win the league. I don't want Chelsea to win the league or Tottenham or Arsenal or anybody else. I want Man United to win the league because I'm a Man United fan. But I have such disdain and hate for Liverpool... Um, just because of our rivalry in history, history that the only other option was City winning the league. That was the only other option. And the Glazers are at massive, massive fault for it. You look at what's happened post-Alex Ferguson, the signings that we've made, everything else like that. And like not being able to beat teams like Palace, just about beating teams like Norwich 3-2, getting beaten 4-0 against Brighton. Um... Things have really got to change. And I don't know how long it's going to take, right? We could or we could not win the league next season. We might finish 8th next season. We might finish 2nd. We might finish 5th. I have no idea. I can't tell you what's going to happen next season. But just... Just the state of... Needing to rely on other teams to do things for us, right? Um, Because... The other thing, I think this is City's sixth league title. Is it Premier League title? Um, we've got thirteen. They've got, I think it's six or seven. We've got to at some point mathematically, unless you have like Chelsea win the league. I never want Liverpool to win it ever again. I sort of oddly weirdly don't mind Man City getting it because I can kind of take that because I still see Liverpool as the bigger rival. But those two are so far ahead of everybody else and we've fallen even behind the likes of, you know, Chelsea and Tottenham and even Arsenal, you could you could argue. That we can't keep relying on City to win the league for us every year because then Liverpool don't. We've got to at some point think, because what, are they going to do it for the next five, ten years? Because if they keep doing that, at some point they will be past our 13. It's still going to take a long time to get there, but... These things can happen in football. Um, but, yeah, I'm just I'm just overall glad that, you know... Because we don't, we don't know, right? Like, Ten Hag might like Fred McTominay. He might like Maguire. He might like Lindelof. I mean, after that performance, I don't think he will. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Because I, th- I think he'll honestly look at everybody today. Um, De Gea, De Lowe, the whole the whole team. Um, apart from maybe the likes of Alanga, Ganacho, Mabry, because they're all kind of new. I mean, I know I know Alanga's been playing a few games recently, but he's still new to the team. The other thing about that is when we are looking today at the likes of Ganacho and Mabry and Alanga and all those players, you have to put an asterisk next to all of their performances because they are not playing in a good team. And their development as young players... Because I would take Sancho and Rashford out of that conversation, right? Sancho's played at like, the top level for a good few years. Rashford's played at the top level for a good few years. Um, and those two players aren't as young as the likes of Alanga, Gonacho, Mabry, you know, Shortire, who I think came on as well today. Um, you can't really judge any of their performances too much right now because of the team that they're in. It's a team game. And when you are in a team with the likes of an underperforming you know, Lindelof and Maguire, centre-back partnership, McTominay and Fred, midfield partnership. You're not going to really get... You're not going to get the best out of the young players, basically, is what I'm going to say, if you keep continuing with those with those players. I suppose it's now... Because I, I have two questions about, like... Okay, so we need new first 11 players, definitely. And we do need... Because it's not just about, like, oh, yeah, get 11 good players and that's it. You need a squad. You've got a whole season. You're in four competitions. 
every year. Um, and it's like, you need a good bench as well. You know, it's no good having the likes of Fred McTominay on the bench. Or Maguire Lindelof on the bench. They're just not good. They're just not, it's not good enough. I mean, there are, have been... For Fred, for, for me, Fred and Lindelof have had sparks of good performances. But sparks of good performances will not get you to what Man City and Liverpool are achieving. You know, Liverpool were literally were literally on the cusp of a quadruple. We cannot do that with those types of players in this team. The, the positive thing I would add to that is because some people would be like, hey, you've got to sell all the players and then just start again. It's like, okay, that's a bit dramatic. I think what you can potentially do next season, sign a good number of... Because like, we, we need a new midfield, basically. Because the only two first-team good midfield players that we got are Donny van der Beek and you could argue argue, uh, argue uh, Bruno Fernandes. I know Bruno's had a bit of a rough season as well. But that might midfield pivot. Um, you've got to get like new players... I think we, we've got two good midfield players. I mean, we don't really know what Mabry is going to be like, what Garner's going to be like, you know, when he, if 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 he comes back. Um, or the likes of Garnacho and those sorts of players. I know, obviously, Garnacho is a bit more of a forward. But we need a new midfield. Um, I, I, w- I would argue you probably need to sign one, two, three, four, five midfielders. That's what I, I, honestly what I think. Fred and McTominay have got to go. They've they've had the odd good sparks of good games here. They were absolutely atrocious today. The amount of... I there, there was a point in this game, right, to get back to the actual Palace game. <laughs> there were points in this game where, because I was glancing at basically my phone for the score updates for, for, for everything, not just for Liverpool and City, to see who was going to get relegated as well. And I would look back at the TV to be watching a bit more of the United game. And... There was genuine points in this game where Fred and McTominay like lost the ball in a really stupid way, and I would just go ugh like that, and then just look back at my phone for the score updates on on arguably more interesting things like who was going to win the league. I, and I I shouldn't be saying this, but this is the point that we're sort of at right. And again, hopefully Ten Hag and his coaching staff can fix things, new signings, etc., etc. Et I should like because I was genuinely more interested. In who was going to get relegated and who was going to win the league. As opposed to to today's game. Because it had more actual meaning to it. Like the league winners and the relegation. That's a big thing right. Because to be honest whether we had gotten conference league football or Europa League football. I, I know winning the Europa League is a ticket back into the Champions League. But honestly like. Okay Europa League or conference league. Like it's. It's disappointing either way, you know, and it's just it's just so it's so annoying and so bizarre that we we still lost this game, but we still got Europa League football. But us getting Europa League football, whether it's Europa League, that's, that's the thing, right? Whether it's Europa League football or Conference League football, we were aiming for Champions League football for top four football, not to win the Champions League, but to get top four um, Champions League football next season, and we were nowhere near it by this last day. Um, Arsenal have been ahead of us pretty much this whole time. Um, and then Tottenham obviously, you know, picked up some good steam. And they, they got some results. I think they beat, um, yeah, they beat Norwich 5-0. You know, they they went there and they, that's an example, right? Because you look at the situation with Tottenham. Arsenal, I, th- I think Arsenal were two points behind them because Arsenal lost the previous game, right? Arsenal, you, if you're an Arsenal fan, you're thinking, okay, we got to beat whoever we've got. Did Arsenal actually win? Uh, yeah, Arsenal won 5-1. But Tottenham looked at themselves today, and they thought, let's not rely on Everton to get us a result. Let's actually go out there and just do our own business, you know. Because at this point, you know, last day of the Premier League, um, other teams could think, like, okay, if we slip up, we're relying on so-and-so, whoever it is. To not win, right? Tottenham, that didn't concern them. Tottenham went. Granted, uh, Norwich is not a. I mean, we just about beat them, so that says something. They went there and they got the job done. Once they were probably two, three nil up, they probably weren't even thinking about the Arsenal game because they knew that the job was done. Us today, we're sitting here as Man United fans and we're going like, oh, you know, w- w- when was it one nil? 
Um, 37 minutes, 1-0. And then we're going, please don't let West Ham win. It's just so... I mean, people people have actually kind of have said to me, you know, off the air, people that don't actually watch Man United, like David said a few things to me, he said, like, what is, what is like, going on with Man United? Because Man United, traditionally, even if you're not a football follower or you're not a football fan, whatever, you'd look at Man United and you'd think, okay, probably a successful English Premier League team. Some people have actually, like, messaged me and stuff and... I haven't gone into detail about like, oh, our midfield is bad, and also, you know, you don't need to read that. You don't need to talk about the specifics. But um, people have messaged me this season, like pe- people that le- let's say listen to our Walking Dead podcast and hear me in the housekeeping section say about like, oh, United cast episode on this defeat to so and so, this draw to so and so. But people have asked me like, hmm, okay, don't really follow Man United or football, but you know, you look at Man United big name in in football, what's like Matt, what's wrong with them? Um, and that's I I don't think because I've been doing this United cast for this is my third season doing it. I think I haven't had people messaging me like that before or asking me like what's going on. Um, and, and some people might say like, hey, but Ralph is like, what what's he done and all this kind of stuff. I would argue, hey, you you take Klopp or Pep right at the moment that you know. Two managers that are doing very, very well. I, I think they'd struggle to get something out of this team. I think that they would. And an interesting issue that's popped up um, over the course of this season is... And people have been kind of right about this as well. And saying, like, the Man United squad that we've got at the moment is spread out across... Like, you've got Van Hal players, you've got Moyes players, you've got um, Mourinho players, you've got Oli players, and you've got... Well, Ralph didn't sign anybody. You've got players from, like, a Moyes era. I think some of those have actually left now anyway. Because um, you had, like, Mata, I think, and Matic. One of the, so, Some of those players, anyway, were from the Moyes era. Some other players. And, like, Van Gaal football, Mourinho football, Oli football. All completely different, Right? So when you've got a case where over the course of nine years since 2013, because obviously Alex Ferguson, 25 plus years, however long he was actually here for, a uh, very, very long time, um, had stuck to a certain thing. He might have changed and adapted things, obviously, over the long, long time that he was here, but it was the same manager for a long time. When you go Van Gaal, Mourinho, Ole completely different all completely different so what we've ended up with is a squad of players from completely different managers that don't work because they don't actually fit like the same thing right um and it's ultimately ended up with this right whether you want to blame it on ollie or ralph or or whatever right um because i'll be like if yeah, you can look at Oli and think, okay, you didn't get a midfielder. You really needed that midfielder. We know we've known for years our midfielder has been a problem. Matic is getting older. Matter's not being used. He's getting older as well. You got this Fred and McTominay thing going on. Signs Van der Beek doesn't use him. Keeps playing McTominay, Fred, Maguire, Lindelof all the time. Right. Oli's time crashes completely. Crashes. Ralph takes over. Ralph is basically told you're not really allowed to sign anybody in January. So he had the... Ralph has kind of picked up the remnants of a broken, bad squad. That's that's basically what's ended up happening with Ralph. And again, if you want to blame this on Ralph and be like, oh, he didn't play this play, he didn't use these tactics or that tactics, I think this team's gotten to such a broken point where, again, I would I would honestly say, hey, Pep, can you win anything with these lot? Klopp, can you win anything with these lot? Thomas Tuchel, can you win anything with these lot? Um... The only manager I can honestly think of that could get maybe something out of this team is maybe Sir Alex Ferguson himself. Because um, look at look at some of the squads that he did have when he won the league. Look at that 2013 team that he won his last league title with. It, it had some remnants of like what Rooney and uh, Van Persie, obviously like a prime Van Persie, that type of stuff. But he still had some Deadwood in that team. Um... 
and it's a fault of the Glazers as well. It is a fault of the Glazers. One of the, there's three different reasons why we're here in this position and thinking and saying like, please, Man City, go and win the league so Liverpool don't. Glazers' lack of investment over the last nine years, chop and changing of managers, and certain players not being good enough. As ultimately, you, you do that for nine years and you do end up with this. So, anyway, um, do I want to actually say anything else specific about the Palace game? Um, not really any analysis for the goal specifically. I might even name this something a bit different. Instead of just putting the normal score thing, I might just put final day league talk or something. Um, but, uh, I'm just glad that Liverpool didn't win. <laughs> I'm honestly, like, yeah, I'm just really glad Liverpool didn't win the league. So, but it should be us that are trying to stop them. You should be switching that scenario around where Man City are not in pole position to win it and we are. Because can you put yourself in, like, for those of you who are Man United fans that listen, because some of you might not be, and that's fine. Put yourselves in a position, right? Let's swap out Man City for Man United on this final day of the league table, on the league. We're worried, 2-0 down to Aston Villa, and then we come back 3-2. Imagine how good that would feel. Not the 2-0 losing to Villa part, but the comeback. Um, imagine if we had done that against Villa. We couldn't even come back against Palace today. Um, that's the scenario that we should be in, but we're not, so... There we go. Um, anyway, I guess I'll, t- I'll I'll take a break here because uh, the goal like just terrible. Um, Zaha was making an absolute meal out of our defence today. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's take a quick break. We'll talk a bit about the players and some of them that came on and that type of stuff, and then we'll finish up the podcast. See you for all that in a minute. Hey everybody, just before we do get into the housekeeping section, I'll just preparing that and then I check notifications uh, there's a bit of a uh, thing here about David De Gea I thought I would just include it here uh, David De Gea, so this is from Fabrizio Romano um, David De Gea confirms his plans to stay, his plan to stay at Man United and this says quote I want to forget this season, we all do mate all of us do, you, you've had a really busy busy season um, but yeah we, we all want to forget it, I can imagine why De Gea would want to forget it but we, we all want to forget it so we're within there I want to forget this season and be 100% ready for next season, it's it has been horrible. Um, and then it's got another quote. Ones who want to stay, stay at the club. Ones who don't want to stay, go out. You don't have to stay. Yeah. Um, I feel sorry for you, De Gea. You've, you've, had, you've had a lot of footballs kicked at you this season. And you've saved you've saved a lot of them. You, you've saved a lot of balls that have been kicked at you this season. A lot of footballs I'm talking about, obviously. Um, so there's that. Uh, alright, let's do some housekeeping and then we'll talk a bit about, we'll just finish the podcast or do whatever. Uh, see you for all that in a minute. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for kualu and the amazon affiliate link if you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or 
film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Alright then, let's jump into a bit of housekeeping uh, before we talk about the players and that type of stuff. Um, so recently on Entertainment Talk, I did my Season 3 preview podcast the other day. Uh, for the boys, it's coming back for its third season. That's, of course, the uh, Amazon Prime uh, TV show. The Diabolical 7 is the name of the podcast. The boys' Season 3 pre- preview podcast is now out, so you can listen to my thoughts on that. Uh, we're still continuing <clears throat> with Better Call Soul. Uh, we're up to season six, episode six. There's just one episode left for this, uh, for the mid-season, um, and then we get six final episodes uh, later on in the summer. I think in July or something. Uh, so that's for Better Call Saul. We're up to season six, episode six, and there's the mid-season finale happening this upcoming week. So we'll be talking about that. Over on the Gaming Talk podcast, we had episode 300, and we talked about Gotham Knights, a new gameplay was shown, some changes to FIFA, it's going to be having its name changed. Uh, I talked about some stuff involving COD, both the, uh, some details for COD Modern Warfare 2, and some details about uh, King Kong and Godzilla being added to Warzone for some reason. And we also did a quiz, I asked Robert and David some questions for episode 300, some gaming related questions. And you can see who won that quiz out of Robert and David. Uh, there won't be a uh, Gaming Talk episode this week, by the way, just because, um, of course, I'm doing this podcast now and we don't have time to do the Gaming Talk one. But uh, that will be back next week, so no worries on that front. Um, did a, uh, I segmented a piece of my Lightyear preview podcast, which was called Ideas for Toy Stories future so talking about what toy story content could potentially be made in the future both sequel and prequel and otherwise content so talked all about that um of course i did a united cast episode it was called what is going on with marcus rashford he was injured for this last game uh just talking about events that have happened to him this year you know around the team and everything and just talking about in general what i think is going on with marcus rashford uh, the Lightyear preview podcast I mentioned is, of course, my preview podcast for Lightyear. That is a new uh, Toy Story film that's coming out uh, next month in June. Uh, so I talked about my uh, passion for that and everything. Of course, it's Toy Story, so obviously I'm passionate about that. And talked about my predictions, expectations, etc., etc., regarding Lightyear. Uh, did a TV season review. This is a don't skip rating review for How I Met Your Father. Season 1, of course, a spin-off for How I Met Your Mother. Uh, it's available on Hulu in the US and, of course, um, Star via Disney Plus in the UK. That's how you can watch the show. has been renewed for a second season. Over on Analyzing Television, I did a podcast called The Problematic Piers Morgan. Just talking about him, his comeback to TV, although not many people are watching his new show called Piers, M- Piers Morgan Uncensored, which is ironic considering why he got fired in the first place from Good Morning Britain. Um, and also talk- talking about other problematic voices in the industry and all that type of stuff as well. Um, also on the winning side of things, Man United won the Youth FA Cup. So I wanted to talk about how nice that was and everything. So uh talked all about that. Of course, Garnacho being involved in that game, scoring a couple of goals. Very, very good stuff. Alright, that's everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. I'm not doing player ratings, but um, let's just talk about these players. De Gea, um, I think, has had an excellent season regarding his shot-stopping and everything. Uh, unfortunately, let in a goal today, but um, due to his defence and that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, glad to hear, obviously, in the, the bit that I mentioned earlier, that he is planning on staying at the club. There's no reason for him to leave whatsoever. Uh, so, that's good. Delo um, and Tellers are really interesting ones because they are quite decent at attacking. Now you have to ask the question again. If we're going to try to get anywhere near City and Liverpool, anywhere near them, are any of these players on that kind of level? And I don't think Delo and Tellers are on that kind of level. But with Delo and Tellers specifically, I'd be curious to see what Ten Hag could do with them. 
because defensively they're both quite bad low in Tellez. I mean, I saw like Zaha basically dancing next to Delo in this game. Tellez has been very suspiciously suspicious defensively this season. Um, so they've got some merit going forward. Those are two players that you could say, okay, you could put those players on your bench. That they, they, they are worth. I think they're worthy of at least being on the bench. But you've got to have fullbacks that can at least stop crosses and you know tackle and stuff. And when you've got Wilfred Zaha dancing past Delo, who plays for Palace, respect to Zaha, he's a pretty good player. Again, you've got to ask, would would a Man City or a Liverpool defence let Zaha do that to them? Would, would they let that happen? And I don't think so. So, regarding Delo and Tellez, I think that they're bench players. At this point, if we want to, if we're really being serious about rebuilding this team, Maguire and Lindelof, they've both got to go. They've both got to go. I think this season Lindelof has had some sparks of good things, but both of them on, because you've got to look at these players on their worst days, right? And on their worst days, Maguire and Lindelof are an absolute train wreck defensively. They're an absolute disaster. Any, I, I would challenge any to any football team out there. Playing against Lindelof and Maguire on their worst days, I think most teams could get goals past them or get past them. Um, I really do. I really think that they're absolutely like atrocious. Lindelof has been. Let's see. Here's the thing. Lindelof is better when he's partnered with Varane because Varane is a better player than Maguire. But partnering Varane with either of the two of them is still a bad idea because you've still got one of the two of them there. Maguire's train wreck. Lindelof, the train wreck, and everything. Um, yeah, I, you, you got, you got, they got, they both got to go. They both got to go. They've had so many chances. I've probably been moaning about them for three years now. Um, as I said, Lindelof did have a couple of good games, but having what three or four good games in a whole season, again, you're nowhere near Liverpool or City. Nowhere near them. Absolutely nowhere near them. Um, that's not to say Liverpool or City players don't have bad games. Of course they do, but I challenge anyone to, to name me a start because those Maguire and Lindelof are starting eleven players for Man United. Name me a Liverpool or a Man City player that had consistently bad games and wasn't taken out the team. You know, I mean Graylish I think is a little bit like quite overrated, but I don't think Graylish starts every. I don't think he started today, did he? Um. So it's like, and Graylish is a one hundred million pound player. So, um, both just awful. They've both got to go. Uh, Fred McTominay, they've both got to go as well. Just is not good enough at all. Can you honestly say again? You put because obviously, like you've got um, Bruno Fernandez, McTominay, and Fred. That's pretty much our main midfield, isn't it? You put them up against Henderson, who I don't think Henderson's actually that great. Fabinho and Thiago. Do Fred or McTominay take any of the spots of those three players? No. You look at Man City, De Bruyne, Rodri and... Um, uh, what's his name? Gundogan. G- Gundogan, uh, Rodri and De Bruyne. Fred McTominay don't take any of those players' places? No chance. No chance at all. Um, so no, they've, they've got to go as well. They've, they've both been an absolute train wreck. Again, Fred's had sparks of good games, sparks of good moments. But moments across a whole season, all, all four of those, because those have been the four sort of middle players that I've referenced, right? Fred, McTominay, Maguire, Lindelof. Absolutely atrocious across the entire season. Just just absolutely dreadful. Um, I dread to think if we, if we didn't buy Varane and we continued to play Maguire and Lindelof every week, which we did last season, yeah. You just you'd be in even bigger trouble. So uh, let's move on to Alanga. Um, again, Alanga, somebody who's broken through to the first team this season, probably because of you know the lack of game time for Lingard, and probably because of what happened with Greenwood. Uh, Rashford's been obviously in and out of the team. I've already done a whole separate episode about Rashford. I'd like to give Alanga next season. Um, you know, he's still very very young. He's still new to this team. And again, as I mentioned at the start. 
how can you expect a young, hungry player like Alanga to come into such a broken team and perform well? He's had quite good games at certain points, scored some surprisingly good goals, so he's somebody who you could look at and say, okay, he's had he's not he's had more than good moments, he's had good games. Um Alanga's had a better season than Fred McTominay, Maguire and Lindelof. Easily. I would easily say that about Alanga. Um I think he's contributed more towards the team than all those four players put together. Honestly. Um but yeah, I wanna see what he can do in a better functioning team. And also decide, is he playing on the right side or is he playing on the left side? Uh, Bruno Fernandes, I think Bruno Fernandes had a bad season. Um, I don't think it's like, sell him now, get rid of him. I think he's just got to calm down with the with the Hollywood pass. He's got to cut it out of his game. Um, but he is one of the only two good midfielders in the first team that we've got. Which is him and Donny van der Beek. Again, Van der Beek, you bring him in, give him 5-10 games in a functioning team, I'm sure that you'll get a good player out of that at least. Um, See, here's the difference between like a McTominay and a Fred, because I'm going to compare midfielders. McTominay and Fred as opposed to Van der Beek. When Van der Beek has been brought on for like 2 minutes or 5 minutes, he has genuinely had more of a spark about him, because there's not much you can do in a football game in 2-5 to minutes. As an impact sub. Maybe 10 minutes. 10 minutes you can probably do a little something. I've genuinely been more impressed with. Van der Beek's. 2-5 to five minute appearances. Than I have by. Any Fred and McTominay game. This whole season. Um, I think that's what you're dealing with. Uh, Hannibal Mabry, um I thought it was okay. I'm a little bit concerned about his. Um, discipline. Mabry. And I'd heard a couple of things about his attitude throughout the season and, and there was some hesitancy to put him in this team again if you can kind of coach that out of him um, and tell him to maybe he's like trying too hard to impress or his passion is just kind of misguided because and I'll be really fair here when I talk about McTominay and his like he's too passionate and he, he's, he doesn't control his passion and he turns his passion into getting stuck in but making fouls. You can get stuck you can get stuck in, in a contact sport in, in football, but you don't want to be fouling people because that's what gets you sent off and then you're not on the pitch to do anything. I did see a bit of that in Mabry's game today, and that was a bit of a concern for me. But this again, this is Mabry's first ever full appearance for Man United. Uh, his first ever start anyway. Um, apart from the five minutes he played against Liverpool. So, obviously you've got to give him time. You cannot judge him <laughs> based on less than 90 minutes of a game. So, yeah. Uh, we don't even need to talk about Cavani. He's leaving. So, yeah, whatever. Um, let's talk about the subs, I suppose. Um, Bailey on the bench again. He's going to leave, isn't he? For goodness sake. Um, there's a lot of talk about him and Wambasaka being up for sale. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I'm going to be very, very... If we, if I have to live with a team that's not got Eric Bailey in it, but it's still got Lindelof and Maguire, I'm going to be very, very uh, sad about that. That's going to be a very sad day for me when that happens. Because that's probably what's going to happen. Um, I still think he's our best centre-back. Some people can argue with me about Varane, but I think both of them should be playing instead of Maguire and Lindelof. Um, forget this Varane Lindelof thing that's going on. Forget it. Lindelof's not good enough. Because um, I, I think, out of all of our defenders, barring Phil Jones, who's a bit of a different case, I think Bailey and Varane is the only centre back partnership we've not tried. Because we've had Bailey and Lindelof, we've had Bailey and Maguire, and we've had Varane and the other two, Lindelof Maguire, in, in combination. So we've seen all of those combinations. I think Bailey and Lindelof is probably the one we've seen the least, but I'm sure that's happened at least once. Bailey and Varane, I don't think have ever played together before. And surely you've got to try that combination at least. Surely you want to try that combination. Um, Gonacho came on. Honestly, didn't see much that he did. Um, unfortunately, uh, Mata came on. I saw him making a bit of an impact. Obviously, it's his last game. And I didn't really see anything from Shoratire. 
unfortunately. Um, again, the game was a bit disjointed itself, so I don't think you really got a chance to properly see them. And the substitutions were made at 62 minutes. Mabry came off for Mata. Shoratere off for Fred. Uh, on for Fred. Fred came off. Uh, that was 75 minutes. And then Garnacho for Delo in the 80th minute. And that is that. That is Manchester United's season. Uh, last thing I'm going to do is just read out the full... Not like everyone's goals scored and stuff, but the full league table is what I'm going to read out in a minute um, so not this week coming up but next week I am because I clean at a school for those of you who don't know and the school is on a half term uh, the week after next um, and I am going to aim to do the United cast season wrap up podcast then because I'll have more time I would have had to a week uh, I would have had a week to like think about things not that I really need that much time I pretty much know what I'm going to say um, but just to give me that bit of extra time. And then because I will have more time in that week. So that is, I don't know what day, I've not really thought about that yet. But that is when I'm going to plan to do the wrap-up podcast. And then in some point in June, July, probably not June actually, because June is like a ridiculously busy month. Probably some point in July, uh, once we start getting like fixtures, mate. I don't know when fixtures come out, but obviously the season starts in August. I'll do a transfer talk podcast, and then after the after the transfers are kind of done and settled a bit, um, I will then do a preview podcast for next season. But the next podcast is going to be in about two weeks' time, so just look out for that, or j- j- just over a week's time, roughly. So, um, so uh, Man City uh, winning the league, ninety three points. Liverpool second, ninety two points. Chelsea in third with 74 points. Tottenham in fourth, so they get the, those get the Champions League spots, uh, 71 points. Arsenal in fifth on 69 points. Uh, Man United, of course, we finished sixth in our 58 points, so quite a bit ahead, uh, behind Arsenal, 11 points behind Arsenal. Uh, West Ham, 56 points um, on seventh. And then eighth is Leicester, 52 points. Ninth is Brighton, 51 points. 10th is Wolves, uh, 51 points. Must be a difference in goal difference there. Newcastle, 11th, 49 points. I'll tell you in a minute who's my manager of the season, actually, as well. Um, 12th, Crystal Palace, 48 points. Of course, we up and get the last three there. Brentford, 13th, 46 points. Aston Villa, who failed to beat Manchester City, uh, 46 points. Southampton, 40 points. Um, Everton, 39 points. Leeds, 38 points. Um, to Le- Leeds, uh... Sorry, I stopped counting numbers. 15th Southampton, 16th Leeds. Sorry, 16th Everton, 17th Leeds, 38 points. Um, and then Burnley relegated, 18th, 35 points. And then quite a bit below that, actually. Watford, 19th, 23 points. And Norwich, bottom of the league, 20th on 22 points. So there's two more things I want to point out here. Um... So we finished... Well, a few more things I want to point out here, just with the league table. So we finished 11 points behind Arsenal. Arsenal, in their first three games of the season, lost all three games and didn't score a goal. So they had no points in their first three games. I can't remember if we won our first... We, we won our opening game against Leeds. I think it was Leeds... Um, and then, I can't remember what the other two get, I think one of them was Newcastle or something that we won, and they finished 11 points ahead of us, we also finished the season on zero goal difference, so we scored 50, this is in the league, not the, not any other competitions, we finished 6th, 58 points, we scored 57 goals and conceded 57 goals. Yeah. Mm. So out of those 57 goals, Ronaldo scored 18 of them. But apparently Ronaldo is the problem. Mm. 
So if he didn't sign for Man United, if I tell you something, if he didn't sign for Man United this season and everything else went the same, Cavani injuries and goes missing and whatever, same thing happens with Greenwood, we would be in very very big trouble this season. Unless we'd have like bought a striker in January or something like that. Um, yeah. Although when the Greenwood thing happened, I think that was the end of. I think that was the end of January or the start of February. That was like close to the start of the year. We would have been in really, really big trouble without him. Uh, just for anybody wondering, um, Salah got top scorer, even though it didn't help with Liverpool in the league, which is lovely. <laughs> 23 goals, 13 assists. Uh, Son, who's somebody I rate quite highly for Tottenham, 23 goals, 7 assists. Uh, Ronaldo, 18 goals, 3 assists. Uh, Harry Kane, 17 goals, 9 assists. Because other than Ronaldo, in 21st place, Bruno Fernandes with 10 goals and 6 assists. And then after that, I'm just scrolling down the list of top scorers. Wow. Greenwood with five goals. Obviously, if he didn't do what he did and he was still in the team, he probably would have got more goals. But obviously, we know what happened there. Um, so he got five goals, and then after that, I'm on the 89th spot, and Rashford's got four goals. So you take Ronaldo out of this team. Uh, we, we we wouldn't have ended up with European, European football. Let's say that. Because you have those 57 goals. You take away 18 of them. Mm. Yeah. Think of how many important goals he scored as well. Hatter against Tottenham, was it? Um, the 3-2 winning goal. The free kick against Norwich. You take that away. It's another two points dropped. Yeah, it would have been bad. It would have been very, very bad. Um, we'd have, we'd have been about where Wolves were, maybe even lower. Um, yeah, it's not good. Uh, 50, I, I don't remember a season where Man United had equal or negative goal difference. At least not in my lifetime. Maybe I forgot that it happened, but, because we've done pretty well in my lifetime. But there you go. Anyway, um, my manager of the season is Eddie Howe. What he's done with Newcastle is remarkable because they only signed Trippier, Chris Wood from uh, Burnley, obviously Trippier from Atletico Madrid. I don't think he signed anybody else. I don't think he's, I don't think he sold anybody either. Newcastle were one of the relegation candidates. They finished eleventh, so he literally Eddie Howe. Because they pretty much had the same team, barring two additions. Um, got them to literally climb half the table in half the season, was it? I, d- I can't remember when Steve Bruce got sacked. But, um, yeah, that that's a remarkable achievement. That really, really is. Newcastle are in a very good position next season. Because um, they are very, very rich now. <laughs> And are in a pretty good, you know, they had a pretty good league finish there. Because when they go to approach to buy somebody, they're not any younger going to be talking about like, oh yeah, we're relegation candidates. I don't think Newcastle are relegation candidates anymore. I don't know if they ever will be. Maybe they buy some players and they sort of crash next season, but I can't really see that happening. Um, they definitely deserve to keep, or Eddie Howe definitely deserves to be kept there. Um, but yeah, I, he's, he's the manager of the season. I think. Sure, you know, Pep Guardiola won the league. But, uh, okay. Uh, you know, it's a kind of a normal thing. Um, I don't think anybody expected Newcastle to finish 11th. I don't think anybody would have expected that. So, yeah, Eddie Howe, uh, you get my manager of the season. Um, other managers that did pretty well. Uh, I think Graham Potter's doing a really good job over at Brighton. Of course, they beat us. Last week, not that that's actually that hard to do, but um, oh, you have to laugh because if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Um, yeah, they beat us, didn't they? So, 
Yeah, I can't remember what our results were against Newcastle actually. Um, right. Let me just uh, see if I can find it if I scroll through here. Uh, Drew won one. That was last year. So the first game we played against Newcastle was 1-1. And then... I can't find the other one. Tottenham, Watford. I can't find the other one. 1-1. Hmm. Anyway. Um... Yeah. Alright, that's everything I wanted to mention. I guess this wasn't really like a focused review on the Palace game because, you know, why would it be? <laughs> but uh, I've got to figure out what this episode is going to be called, actually. So, yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to whatever this episode was. It was a bit of a hybrid of a sort of United cast slash Premier League final day discussion. Uh, those of you that have got any thoughts, who do you think is manager of the season? Do you agree with my Eddie Howe? Um choice there if you do think it was Pep Guardiola then fair enough um, can't really be Jurgen Klopp can it can't because he, he bottled it he bottled the league um, which is good <laughs> uh, but anyway let me know who your manager of the season is what do you think of all the players and everything else um, and everything else that I just mentioned all that kind of stuff uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org twitter etalkuk there's a contact page and information in your show notes there's also an email box on the website version of the episode as well as a clickable email name in your show notes so use all those different options and get in touch like i said um not this week coming no so not from this week monday from the week after that uh, look out for the united cast wrap up that will be focused more on man united as a team and that sort of thing uh, so check out all of that uh, entertainmenttalk.org tv games films main united podcasts entertainment talk on po- podcast platforms get involved with the content you can also let people know about what we're doing and where they can find it either by just telling them or using social media uh, you can also uh, support us on patreon one dollar three dollar level tiers for the ad free podcast review options take a look at that as well if you'd like to uh for all of that stuff um so yeah, patreon one dollar three dollar level tiers for all of that if you want your tv and your film news uh, David's got you covered over on geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio. Uh, lots and lots and lots of things happening over there. There's a lot of shows coming back and there's a lot of new shows coming out as well. So if you want the air dates, um, air dates for different shows, renewals, cancellations, there's been a whole bunch of renewals and cancellations and pickups and that sort of stuff. Casting news, all that sort of thing. So check it all out. Geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio. Uh, Geektown Radio comes out on Tuesday, so have a look out for those episodes. Um... What else can you do? Uh, Bex is still streaming pretty much daily over on Twitch. That's Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over there for all of her different streams. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitch as well, at eTalkUK, for my different gaming streams. done a lot of uh, Pez, uh, Pez, FIFA career mode episodes. So if you want to see how I'm doing with my main United team, uh, check that out. Just Twitch, eTalkUK, go give me a follow over there. And if you've missed those episodes or the game clips, they're all currently up to date over on the YouTube channel, which is Entertainment Talk Plays. The season's over. Thank goodness. And suck it, Liverpool. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm going to genuinely sleep better knowing Liverpool won't win the league. Honestly, I know we lost, but Liverpool didn't win the league. And that's what really matters. So, anyway, all smiles. It's all good. It's all okay. Mr. Ten Hag is here. He saw McTominay and Fred. It's fine. We'll win the league next year. Anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll check. uh, See you uh, next time. Goodbye.